You're listening to Praise and Worship Hour, songs of inspiration on Ill Time Music Radio. Coming up, we have a word from Bishop Charles E. Blake. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. We got bills to pay. Now here's a word from my sponsor. There's lots of reasons for joining Anchor. Like myself, for instance. I'm an entertainer who loves and enjoys music. Being a podcast host gives me the ability to give the people what they want. You too can join Anchor for that very same reason. It's free, easy as one, two, three. Your podcast will be delivered to Spotify, Apple iTunes, and more. Praise and worship hour. Songs of inspiration. I see you in the future, and you look better. You look better. Praise you with all of our hearts. We thank you, dear Lord. So many who went to sleep last night did not wake up this morning, but you touched us with your finger of love. And you said to us, live on another day. And we praise you and we glorify you and honor you. Thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you for every provision that you have made for us. So, the Lord, we worship you today and we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. You're worthy of all the praise. Could you just clap your hands and begin to... Speak words of praise and glory and honor. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory. We love you, Lord. Now let the Holy Ghost move in a mighty way. Take charge of the service. Any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Move in our lives. Fill us again with the Holy Ghost. Let the yes, Lord, be down deep in our soul. Yes, Lord, thy will be done. Amen and amen. And as you clap your hands, please take your seats and give glory unto the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here at West Angeles on today. You're welcome at West Angeles. You bring joy to my heart that you're here in the house of the Lord. And I pray that you'll get the miracle that you need. Does anybody know God is still in the miracle working business? Still healing bodies. Still meeting needs. Still working out unsolvable and difficult and impossible problems. That's just what God does. That's just the way the Lord is. We said on the other Sunday, last Sunday, that uh, when you took the Lord's Supper, a miracle would be in it, a healing would be in it, a deliverance would be in it. Brother Glenn Terman, one of our longtime members, said that he had a sick relative, and he took a cup and the bread to that sick relative and administered to them in their hospital room, the Lord's Supper. That relative was very sick and very afflicted. And 
they thought that it was a critical case of cancer that had relapsed and come upon them again. That relative took the bread and the moment it touched the mouth of that relative, the doctor came in and said, listen, I want you to know there's nothing wrong in case of cancer in the life of your loved one. They're all right, and we believe that whatever they are dealing with, it's not something that's difficult for us to resolve or deal with, but it's not deadly cancer. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. God knows how to step in just in the nick of time. Now, I told you about that good brother that decided he was going to shoot up the community, shot somebody in the Chevron gas station on the corner of Jefferson and then ran down toward the gate of the church and decided, I'm going to run in the church and hide and get a hostage or something. He shot a gun again and stepped in front of the gate and the moment he started toward the gate, God slapped him down. <laughs> Fell on his face. He thought he'd been shot, but when they examined him, there were no bullet wounds on his body anywhere. Hallelujah. He woke up in the ambulance 20 minutes later and said, what happened? What's going on? And of course, nothing had happened. Nothing had gone on except he tried to come in the wrong place with the wrong stuff and God beat him down. No gunshot wound, no injury, nobody touched him, but don't you mess with God. Your arms are too short to box with God. Tell your neighbor, God still works miracles. They took the brother to the hospital and examined him, and then they took him right straight down to county jail and booked him for attempted murder. Don't mess with God's church. Tell your neighbor, don't mess with God's church. And just like God worked that miracle, God can work a miracle for you. Anybody who needs a miracle, raise your hand. May God do it in Jesus' name. That miracle has your name on it. Hallelujah. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Tell your neighbor, you shall have it in the name of Jesus. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to the word of the Lord and see what the Lord would say to us. Turn to Acts, please. Acts 28. Acts 28 and 3. Huh. Hallelujah. One preacher got up and announced, announced my text is Acts 2.38. Fell off the street, heard the preacher say that, and he jumped up and started out the back door and his friend said, where are you going, man? He said, I'm going out of here. That preacher said he had an axe and two 38s. <laughs> no, we're going to Acts 28 and verse 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper, a snake, came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging on his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him 
to live. But Paul shook the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Look at your neighbor and say, no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, look at your neighbor and say, no harm. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. Turn also to Acts 23 and verse 11. The Bible says, but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so must you also bear witness at Rome. What is that verse? Let me see here. Verse 3. Paul gathered a bundle of sticks of 28 and laid them on the fire and a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. In other words, a snake, a poisonous snake bit him and fastened on his hand. How to deal with snake bites. How to deal with snake bites. The Bible makes many very close comparisons between the devil or Satan and snakes. The time of the fall of mankind, reptiles or snakes were the only form of animal life to be specifically cursed by Almighty God. From that time, there seems to be a running animosity between men and snakes. We don't like them, they don't like us. Now there are some who've called a truce. They keep snakes, boa constrictors, and pythons as pets in their home. And they walk the streets with the snake wrapped around their neck and wrapped around their arms. They consider them to be household pets. But even these snake lovers draw the line when it comes to poisonous snakes. Even snake charmers handle cobras very carefully. They keep the lids on the basket when the charm wears off. The overwhelming majority of men and women don't like snakes. They're slippery, slimy, always quietly sliding and gliding quietly around, sticking out their forked tongues. Snakes do not usually overtake their prey. They lie in wait for their prey. They hide from view. They blend in with the circumstances so that they will not be noticed. Most of them grab their prey with their mouths. And those snakes which are poisonous immobilize and kill the prey by biting and injecting a poison through their fangs into the body of the prey. After the prey is dead or immobilized, then it is usually consumed. But you know, snakes will also bite and poison animals and men that are too large for them to eat. They will infect 
animals who mean them no harm and would do them no damage. It's the nature of a snake to bite. And yes, this tendency is a defense mechanism, but it's also like a reflex that activates when no real danger is even present. Snakes have a reputation for being subtle and crafty and deceptive, and they are the very image of hypocrisy and maliciousness. So the Bible calls the devil a snake. Jesus and John the Baptist call hypocritical and malicious people snakes and vipers. And you know, there are people today who are just like snakes. If you lived in a while on this earth, you've met some snake-like people. How many can be a witness to that? Mm -hmm. There are people who are subtle and tricky. There are people who strike out at others from secret vantage points, throw a rock, and then hide their hand. There are people whose nature it is to poison, immobilize, and kill. They'll kill your reputation. Go on the internet. Write a blog about you, talk about you, reflect on you, and you never even know who they are. There are people who, just, who are just as mean as snakes. They spew their venom and then wonder why people don't like them. Have you ever met anybody who had nothing good to say about anybody? They poison reputations. They poison careers. They kill the emotional and mental health of those who live close to them. They inflict hurt on others and leave them in agonizing pain. There are some individuals who pride themselves in being mentally and emotionally malicious and abusive and antagonistic toward others. But I just want to tell you today, if you've got that spirit, you don't have to be mean and abusive to be happy and survive. You and everybody around you would be happier if you would make a change. Ask your neighbor, do you need to make a change? Why be a terror? Why be an unpleasant experience to everybody that you meet? Jesus can help you to make a change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. My focus, however, this morning is not on the ones who are doing the biting and who are spewing the venom. My focus today is on those who have been bitten and those who have been poisoned by a snake bite. How do you deal with a snake bite? Does anybody need me to tell you how to deal with a snake bite? But listen, the Apostle Paul studied the Word of God. He listened attentively to those who conveyed the words of Jesus. And he received many direct revelations of the Lord himself. He was familiar with the Word of the Lord. He knew Luke 10, 19, where Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He would remember 
Mark 16 and verse 17, where Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Paul not only knew the word of God, but he himself had a series of experiences of God's miraculous, miracle-working power. He had reached the conclusion that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, if you love God and you do the will of God, God's word promises that things will work out for your good. Paul would also say in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when you are armed with a spiritual arsenal like that, then you're ready to deal with snake bites. You're ready to deal with those who come maliciously in your life to destroy you. Well, what are you talking about, snake bites, preacher? I'm referring to evil or painful things that happen to you that hurt and poison and immobilize and even kill you emotionally and sometimes physically. The things that people do are the bad experiences that you have can represent snake bites. Has anybody in here ever had a snake bite? And so Paul's knowledge of God and Paul's knowledge of the word of God became an antitoxin, a counter venom. And Paul, when the snake bit him, was ready to deal with the snake bite. When the snake lashed out and bit Paul on the hand, the people standing around just knew that Paul was going to die. He's getting ready to die. It's over for him. They were waiting for Paul to swell up and fall out on the ground and die. They said to themselves, he's being punished for his sins. This man must be a murderer that killed somebody. And so he escaped the sea, but now on the land, he still got his just reward. I wonder why people are so quick to give up on and expect the worst when a snake bites somebody. That is the time they need prayer. That's the time they need support. But most folks say, I, I, knew, he was, I knew he was crooked. I knew something was wrong with him. I knew something was going to happen. See, see, he, he just got bitten by a snake. He, he's going to die. He's not going to make it. Uh, he's not going to survive. Listen, don't give up on people so quickly. And don't be so quick to condemn folk. Pray for them. Believe God can deliver them. Believe that the Lord can help them. But listen, thank God Paul's faith was not in people. His faith was in God. If his faith had been in folk, with everybody condemning him and saying he was not going to make it, he never would have made it. But he didn't care what people had to say. He put his trust in God. Listen, don't put your trust in people. Put your trust in Almighty God. Hallelujah. The Lord said, call unto me. I will deliver you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
So let, let's review uh, what we've said so far. Number one, Paul was able to deal with the snake bite because he knew God. He had a relationship with God. But not only did he know God, he also knew the word of God. And then he didn't take his cue from the expectations of people. He put his trust in Almighty God. Paul sur survived and was able to deal with the snake bites because he refused to surrender to fear. Tell your neighbor, refuse to surrender to fear. Listen, all of the doctors and all of the experts tell us that if you're ever bitten by a poisonous snake, try not to get excited. Don't run around. Don't jump. Don't, don't let your heart beat increase in pace to the degree that it's sending the blood and the poison all over your body. Sometimes they'll tell you, just lie down, be calm, be still. And, 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 and the Lord would say to you, when you're bitten by a snake, lie down, be calm, uh, be still. Uh, in 1 John 4 and 18, the Bible says that fear hath torment. And then in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the Bible says God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Listen, you're going to be bitten by a snake somewhere along the way, but when you're bitten, don't lose your cool. Don't get excited. Start running around talking to everybody on the face of the earth, being upset about what you went through. Listen, just sit down in your spirit Put your trust in Almighty God and say to yourself, it's going to be all right. When you look over to your neighbor and just say, neighbor, it's going to be all right. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And so Paul dealt with the snake bite by refusing to surrender to fear. And then he dealt with the snake bite by shaking the snake off his hand. He didn't allow it to hang on. He didn't allow it to continue biting him and putting poison in his system. He shook the snake off into the fire. Listen, some things are not going to let go of their own free will, but you've got to make up your mind, I'm going to get free no matter what I have to do. Listen, some of you, it's not so much that the snake is hanging on to you, it's that you are hanging on to the snake. Call Jesus for help. He'll set you free. He'll bring you out. John 8, 36 says, He whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. And so he shook it off. He did not allow it to hang on to him. Well, Paul also dealt with the snake bite by forgetting about the snake bite and putting his mind on other things. Paul said in another scripture, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching to those things that are before, I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, some things you need to just put out of your mind. Some things you just need to reject. Don't focus your mind on the bad things and the terrible things and the tough things that happen to you, focus your mind on God. Some people you meet, you can't talk to them without hearing them talk about their problems, their difficulties, their pain. Paul didn't walk around holding the snake up in the air saying, oh, you see this snake 
bit me. I, I've been poisoned by a snake. Paul shook the thing. Oh, tell your neighbor, shake it off. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Don't let the thing hang on. Paul, that might have been the first case of Holy Ghost quickening that we read about anywhere in the Word of God. How many of y'all seen people in church shaking their hands? Some of them have to shake their bodies in there. Some of them have to jump and shout. And some of them have to run. It may be that they are shaking something off of them. That don't condemn them. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand them. Don't look down on them. Uh, they are just getting what they have to get and doing what they have to do to be free. Come on, try it. Paul dealt with the snake bite by putting the snake in a place where it would not trouble him again. Some of you are so in love with your snakes and with what you're dealing with uh, that you put it on the shelf. You, you, you put it in the drawer so that you can go back and get it back out uh, uh, again. Some of you uh, put it on the nightstand beside the bed, but Paul said, I'm going to put this snake somewhere. It will not come back into my life again. I'm going to put it in the fire. So this thing will be over with. Listen, get away from biting snakes. Don't hang out with snakes that bite you and that poison you and that make life difficult for you. But then beyond that, Paul refused to react to the snake bite. He refused to be controlled and dominated by the snake bite. He did not let the snake bite change his agenda. Whatever Paul was doing before the snake bit him, he went right on back doing it after the snake had bitten him. He was gathering sticks for the fire, and he was bitten by the snakes. But when the snake was shaken back off in the fire, he went right on back gathering sticks all over again and doing what he was doing before. I just came by to tell you that if you're bitten by a snake, don't let it change your agenda. Don't let it cause you to move into a negative and pessimistic and unprofitable and unbeneficial mode of life. Keep on doing good. Keep on loving the Lord. Keep on doing the will of God. Keep on seeking the power of God. He went right back doing whatever he was doing before. But if you're bitten by a snake, let me also say, don't let it poison you. Don't let it kill you. Paul had so much faith in God. He had so much confidence in God that even though he was bitten by a snake, he said way down in his spirit, this thing is not going to kill me. Because God said to me a few days ago that Paul, you've testified of me in Jerusalem and now you've got to testify of me in, in Rome. And Paul said, I was on my way to Rome, but we've been shipwrecked on this island. And though we're on this island, I know I'm not going to stay on this island. And I know I'm not going to die on this island because the Lord did not tell me that I was going to die on an island. But the Lord said I was going to testify in Rome. And I'm not in Rome yet. And so I believe that I'm going to live on just a little while longer. What God has promised, God is able to perform. And listen, child of God, if the Lord says you're going somewhere, 
You can't die until you get where God said you were going. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if God says you're going somewhere, you can't die until you get where you're going. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was traveling back from Africa on my way to the United States. We were to have land in the city of Atlanta as our first landing place in the United States. But as we left, left Cape Verde and flew out over the Atlantic Ocean, the smell of fire and the smell of folk, smoke appeared in the airplane. The stewardess began to walk up and down the aisle trying to find the source of the smoke. The captain came out of the cockpit, went down into the belly of the airplane, pulled open a door in the aisle that I never knew was even there. And he went down into the belly trying to find the source of the smoke and the source of the fire. He came back up and went into the cockpit, picked up the intercom and said to us, we're diverting this flight from the city of Atlanta. We're going to the island of Bermuda, which is the nearest land. And that is about four hours away. If we can just make Bermuda, then things will be all right. I thought it was time for me to pray. And I prayed to the Lord a very simple prayer. I said, Lord, you know, I've been working with children, save the children. I save Africa's children. You know, we've helped over 200,000 children in 24 nations and 400 orphan care programs. And Lord, if you're through with me, that's all right. But I had more that I wanted to do for you. And I thought you had more that you wanted me to do. I thought you had more for me to do in Los Angeles. I thought you had more for me to do with the church of God in Christ. And after a while, I heard God speak back to me. And I heard a voice telling me, no, I'm not through with you yet. There's still more, still more for you to do. And I said, Lord, if you've got more for me to do, then I can't very well die right now. As long as God has more for you to do, then you're going to live on. I sat up, pushed the recline button on my seat, leaned my seat back, and with smoke in the cabin of the airplane, with the smell of fire all around me, I went fast asleep. Oh, bless the name of God. God will take care of you as long as he has more for you to do. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's not over yet. Neighbor, there's still more for us to do. If you're bitten by a snake, believe the Lord and just keep on walking into your future. I see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to get glad because you can't die. Somebody ought to get glad because there's still more for you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what are some of the stakes that need to be shaken off? 
What are some of the snakes that we need to get away from? Sin is a snake that you need to get away from. Discouragement is a snake that you need to get away from. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes you just need to encourage yourself. Old hurts, old disappointments you need to get away from them because they are a snake that will poison your life. Guilt and self-hatred, get away from it because it's a snake that will poison your life. Paul dealt with the snake. I said Paul confronted the snake by relying on God and relying on the word of God. God said you still got more to do. Keep on going until you get to Rome. Keep on going until you get where I said you're going to get. Paul dealt with the snake bite because he relied on the word of God. Child of God, rely on God's word. Look at your name and say, trust in the word of God. He said in Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Just get up and begin to stomp on the floor. Begin to put your feet down, up and down on the floor. God places the devil under your feet. God places his kingdom under your feet. You're going to make it. You are an overcomer. The power of God is upon you. And I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside me. I can fight any enemy for God and me are majority. Tell three people we're going to win. We're going to win in the name of Jesus. Tell them I am an overcomer in the name of Jesus. Tell them I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I've got the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Power to overcome your enemies. Power to endure. Power to stand and to overcome in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm standing on the word of God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm standing on the word of God. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask a thing. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If the snake bites you, you can still put that hand up to God and say, God, I want to live. I want the abundant life. If you trust in God, he's able to bring you out. He's able to bring you through. He's able to bring you over. Stand up on your feet and give praise to God. Praise him. Praise him.
Praise Him. Give glory to the Lord. Give glory to the Lord. Give glory to the Lord. I've just come to tell you, the snake may bite you, but even though he bites you, it's still going to be all right. Adversity may come and stand against you, but it's still going to be all right. Folk may expect you to fall out and die, give up and fail, but it's still going to be all right. You might be outnumbered, you might be surrounded, but it's still going to be all right. It might seem that it's all over, but God's word says it's still going to be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard Brother Jude say, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Aren't you glad that he's able to keep you from falling? When I would fall, the Lord will pick me up and take me through. I'm praising him. I said I'm praising him. I'm praising him. I've had tears. I've had sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Shake hands with your neighbor and say, neighbor, God said it's going to be all right. Put your trust in God. Put your hand in God's hand. And God will. God will. God will bring you out. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Oh, bless his name. Come on, lift up that hand. Shake it off. There goes sickness. There goes pain. There goes poverty. There goes distress. There goes discouragement. There goes disappointment. There goes sorrow. There goes disturbance. It's gone in the name of Jesus. Now praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It came against them, but it did not kill them. It came against them, but it did not stop them because God stepped in. And if God steps in, sickness has got to go. Sickness has got to, death has got to go. Disease has got to go. Step in. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up those hands. And say, dear Lord, you still work miracles. And I receive my miracle in the name of Jesus. Give praise to God.
after hearing the word of God. Somebody in this room is going to confront a terrible, difficult, challenging experience. But that experience is not going to stop you. You're going to shake it off. And you're going to say, I'm all right. And I'm going on in the power of God. Is that your determination? Not going to stop me. Not going to block me. Not going to finish me. I still got some more to do. I still got more praises to give my God. I still got more testimonies to give in the glory of my God. Since I got so much to do, I can't die right now. I've got to go on a little bit further and serve my God. Look over to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I can't die right now. I've got more I got to do for my Lord and my Savior. Clap your hands. I pushed that recline button on that airplane with smoke in the cabin. I leaned back. I went to sleep. The only thing that woke me up was the voice of the pilot over the intercom saying we found the source of the fire. It was in non-essential wiring. We've extinguished the fire. We're resuming our course to Atlanta. I had a celebration, Holy Ghost celebration on that airplane. I leaned back and went back to sleep. The angels of the Lord encamped round about them that fear the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want to live without God's protective barrier around me. I don't want to try to make it endure without the help of Almighty God. It's in God we live, in God we move, in God we have our being. No living without God, no moving, no being without God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on a cross, was buried in the grave. But on the third day morning, he grabbed death and shook death until death turned him loose. Said, I'm he that was dead, now I'm alive forevermore. I've got the keys to death, to hell, and the grave. Your life was meant to be lived in relationship with and in obedience to Almighty God. If you're not saved, if you don't know him, you need to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You need to give your life to him. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I want to do your will. I want to walk in your way. I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to pray for somebody. I want to pray for somebody who knows that now's the time you need to accept the Lord. Spirit of God has been tugging at your soul, at your mind, calling you to salvation. Guilt has overwhelmed you. And you have a hunger for God. You thought it was for something else, but it was for God. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence. 
God would save you and change your life today. I'll pray for you right where you are. But I need you to say, preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to accept Jesus Christ. So while every head is bowed, if you would say, preacher, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to be saved. If that's you, I'll pray for you right where you stand. But I want you to lift your hand as your way of letting me know you desire prayer. Lift that hand up now. Pray for me, preacher. Pray for me. I want to be saved. In the balcony, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want my sins forgiven. I want God on my side, ruling, controlling in my mind, in my heart. Lift that hand. Hold it high. Pray for me, preacher. I want Jesus to come into my heart, to come into my life. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm about to pray. There are five others who need to lift their hands. Do so quickly. You may never have this chance again. Accept it now in Jesus' name. Dear Lord, I pray for those hands that are uplifted. I pray for those individuals that you brought to your house today because you did not want them to be lost. You wanted them to be saved. You wanted them to know you as Savior and as Lord. Thank you that you allowed them to live to this day. Thank you that you drew them to yourself. Thank you that now you will forgive every sin they've ever committed. Move mightily in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Say this prayer after me, everybody. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I have new life. Praise God for new life. Praise God for salvation. Praise God for forgiveness. In the name of Until next time, God bless. <laughs> That made me laugh.